Midlife is the best season of our lives. But often many of us lack fulfillment in some area of our midlife. It doesn't have to be that way. This podcast is a resource for midlifers to discover ways to find fulfillment in whatever area of life you need it. I'm your host, Bernie Borges. Join me on the Midlife Fulfilled Podcast, a journey to make midlife the most fulfilling season of your life. Ladies and gentlemen, few things really matter, but they matter a tremendous amount. These things that really matter are often difficult to find, but once you find the few things that really matter, they give you tremendous power. The power that gives you more from less, the power of the 80-20 principle. The 80-20 principle asserts that a minority of causes inputs or effort usually leads to the great majority of results from those causes. Hello, midlifers. Welcome to episode three. I'm so glad you're here. It is truly a privilege to be back in your ears again. Hey, this episode is the last episode that I'm going to solo, at least for a while anyway. Starting with episode four, I'm going to be interviewing other midlifers who are sharing their BF to AF stories. Remember, that's before fulfillment to after fulfillment. So, Let's get on with this episode, my last solo for a little while anyway. Hey, the clip that you just heard is from Richard Koch. He's a British management consultant, an author, an entrepreneur, an investor. He's written 20 books, including The 80-20 Principle, which has sold over a million copies. Now, this clip is an excerpt from a speech that he gave to a company many years ago, and it was obviously about The 80-20 Principle. The reason that I'm featuring the 80-20 principle in this episode is because way back in episode two, just the previous episode, I shared research from my survey with more than 260 responses. And you may remember that nearly 80% of the respondents said that they are fulfilled in most but not all areas of their life. And just under 20% said that they're fulfilled in all areas of their life. Now, the actual numbers were just under 80% and just under 20%. The 80-20 principle is not meant to be literal. You probably already know the 80-20 rule. It wasn't invented by Richard Koch. It's actually known as the Pareto principle. Now, here's a fun fact. It started as an observation by Wilfred Pareto, an economist in Italy. He observed that 80% of the peas in his garden came from 20% of the pea pods. He also observed that 80% of Italy's land was owned by 20% of the Italian population. Now here's the official definition of the Pareto Principle. It says that 80% of the consequences come from 20% of the causes or inputs, resulting in an unequal relationship between consequences and causes. We heard Richard Koch actually explain that a little bit. Now. I believe that when we understand the significance of the Pareto Principle in our midlife seasons, it can help us understand more about our midlife circumstances and also offer us insights into how to deal with them. This principle can help us understand why most of us, about 80% of us, are fulfilled in some 
but not all areas of our life, and why that's okay. So, before I go much further, let me just share some examples of the Pareto Principle, and I'll include a link to this one as well in the show notes. Here we go. 20% of drivers cause 80% of all traffic accidents. 80% of pollution originates from 20% of all factories. 20% of a company's products represent 80% of its sales. 20% of employees are responsible for 80% of the results. 20% of students have grades 80% or higher. And 20% of the marketing efforts represents 80% of the results. I could go on, but you get the idea. The fact is, the Pareto Principle is in play all around us, every day. We may or may not even notice it, but it's everywhere. For example, did you know that the sickest 20% of people generate 79% of healthcare costs? And the same skewed distribution is found within that 20% group, with the sickest 20% within that group responsible for nearly 60% of healthcare costs. And if you keep drilling down into the numbers, you find that a relatively small number of people account for most of the healthcare costs. Now, as I mentioned, and as you see in this healthcare example, the 80-20 rule is not meant to be literal. It's not about an exact 80% or an exact 20%. Rather, it's about a skewed result that can appear out of the ordinary, at least until you dig into it. So let me get back to what does the Pareto Principle have to do with midlife fulfillment? Well, remember in episode two, I told you that about 77% of the respondents to my survey said that they're fulfilled in some, but not all areas of their life. And about 19% said that they're fulfilled in all areas of their life. Do you remember my comment when I shared that data? I said that this is pretty darn close to 80-20. Now, the 20-ish percent who said that they're totally fulfilled, and hey, that's very admirable. I want to ask, why would you expect any different? In other words, why don't we accept being about 80% fulfilled in our lives? and accept that about 20% of the other areas of our lives, we're not going to be totally fulfilled. Now, I don't have research-based data to answer this question, but I do want to offer a hypothesis and then try to support it with as much logic as I can muster. And then you can decide for yourself. Now look, here it is. The common theme in the Pareto Principle is that the 80% part is aspirational. Here's what I mean. Take these two examples. 20% of a company's products represents 80% of sales. 80% is the aspirational part. 20% of employees are responsible for 80% of the results. 80% of the results, that's the aspirational part. But wouldn't we be better off if 80% of a company's products actually represented 80% of sales? That would mean a more even distribution of work, resulting in a more equal amount of results. But hey, that's not true. And wouldn't we be better off if 80% of employees were responsible for 80% of the results? Again, it's just not true. And wouldn't we be better off if 80% of us were totally fulfilled and 20% were fulfilled but not totally fulfilled. In other words, the inverse of what I actually found in my survey. 
Well, again, according to my survey, that is not true. We actually see the opposite in play. About 80% are less than totally fulfilled and 20% are totally fulfilled. So I want to ask, why would we think that it's possible or even feasible, or we should even expect that for 80% of midlifers, we would be totally fulfilled. When we see an example after example, that the high achieving aspiration of the 80-20 rule just doesn't play out in real life. So here's what I submit for your consideration. Why not admit that we may only achieve total fulfillment in about 80% of our life's areas. If we accept that, maybe, just maybe, we wouldn't beat ourselves up so much just by accepting this as reality. Now, look, I'm not a mind reader, but some of you might be thinking, hey, Bernie, you're just setting the bar too low or you're compromising. But you know what? I want you to think about how some of the greatest men and women who've had amazing achievements throughout history and they've had varying degrees of accomplishment and fulfillment. In fact, nobody out there has ever achieved 100% of just total achievement. Let me give you a few examples, and there's so many. I've only prepared a few just to illustrate the point and in the interest of brevity. Abraham Lincoln, he lost five elections before he was elected president. Babe Ruth, arguably one of the most famous baseball players of all time, his lifetime batting average was 342, which is considered really good. But it means that 66% of the time, he didn't get a base hit. Again, remember, the 80-20 tool is not meant to be literal. More recently, Sarah Blakely, she is the founder of Spanx. You may know that company. It's an American apparel company that makes pants and leggings. Well, did you know that she failed the LSAT exam, which is the exam for lawyers, twice trying to become a lawyer, just like her father. And when Sarah pitched her leggings idea to manufacturers, virtually all of them rejected her idea until one eventually changed his mind, called her back, and he was the owner of a, of a, a factory. And he said, hey, I've got three daughters, so I'm gonna give you a shot. But she had all those failures along the way. I, look, I could list so many more examples of famous people with great accomplishments who did not achieve 100% of the fulfillment that they were seeking. And while the 80-20 rule, again, isn't literal in these examples, they are a reminder that achieving fulfillment requires commitment and often great sacrifice. So we should not expect to achieve fulfillment 100% of the time. Now, anyone who is 100% fulfilled, I'm not saying that you can't be, because clearly we saw in my own survey that about 20% were. But anybody that is 100% fulfilled, fantastic. That's great. You're very fortunate. And again, as my survey showed, you're in the minority. Now, once again, I want to hammer home the point that the 80-20 rule is not meant to be literal. So... I want you to look at how numbers can be manipulated just to tell a story. So I want you to listen to this little entertaining clip from the famous comedian Lou Costello of the renowned Abbott and Costello comedy team. Listen to this and enjoy. Uh, Mr. Landlord. Yeah? 
What are you smoking, an army blanket? Never mind about that. You owe me room rent. All right, here's $28. $28, fine. Just a minute. You owe me 13 weeks at $7 a week, and that happens to be a lot more than $28. Well, that comes to $28. Did you go to school? Yes, sir. Do you mean to say that you can prove that 7 times 13 is 28? Well, it's got to be. Certainly it is, because Mr. Rabbit and I, that, that, that's $28. That's what you get. If you can prove it, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will give you the room rent for nothing. You will? But if you don't prove it, you owe me double the back rent. Is it a deal? That's a deal. Okay. Do you happen to have any Crayola on there? Crayola? Never mind. I got it. Oh, you have? I got the Crayola. The 7 and the 28 is going to come out 13. That's your way. That's my way. And it's got to come out right. Now, first, I put down a 7. Right. Now... I'm going to divide the 7 into 28. Yeah. I put a 28 there. Okay. Isn't that cute? <clears throat> now, here we go. 7 into 2. 7 will not go into 2. It will not. That's a very big 7 to push into that little bit of 2. As you say it is. We ain't going to hurt that little 2, are we? Of course you won't. So we take the 2. Open your hand. Yes. And I put that 2 right there for safekeeping. But don't drop it and don't lose it. Now, 7 into 8. Once. Once. I put the one over here, one over there. Now, we're going to carry the seven because it's very big and it's getting heavy on my shoulders and I'm going to drop the seven under there. Now, seven from eight... Is one. Is one. I put the one down there. Mm-hmm. Now it comes. Would you mind opening up your palm of your hand, please? I would like to use that two. Open it up. Give me that two. You've had it long enough. <laughs> I'm going to put that two right there. Now, seven in the 21? Three times. That's right. Seven in the 28? 13. Wait a minute. You have to prove this even better than that. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed that clip. I I sure did. And by the way, if you ever just need a laugh, go to YouTube and search on Abbott and Costello and watch some of their comedy clips. They're hilarious. They just don't make comedy like that anymore. But I digress. Let's get back to the regularly scheduled programming here on this episode. Anyway, as you can see in this example with Lou Costello, numbers can sometimes be manipulated to tell a story, and they're not always perfect. And that's my point. Don't get hung up on not being fulfilled in 100% of your life. Okay, I have one more reason that I want to discuss the Pareto Principle in the context of midlife. This one might give you some serious reason to pause. You ready? All right. I submit that we spend at least 80% of our entire life in midlife. Think about it. The first 20 years of your life is youth. Remember that happiness U-curve study that I shared way back on episode one? It says that our happiness begins to decline after age 18. So if we live to be, say, 90 years old, which of course is no guarantee, 78% of our life would be outside of our youth. Now, this next point, this is where I really go off the deep end. Midlife seasons extend all the way to end of life. Yep, here's what I mean. Whether you retire at age 65 or you work until age 90, your end of life season is the season when your health declines, eventually resulting in death. Now look, It's not morbid to say this because everybody dies eventually. All I'm really doing here is I'm evangelizing that midlife seasons are the best seasons in our life and we can enjoy them for about 80% of our lifetime. 
beyond our early youth years. The key in this principle is that we have many midlife seasons. So if we're fulfilled in 80% of our life, we should enjoy that. Aiming for 100% fulfillment can be doable for some, but I remind you that the Pareto Principle says it's unlikely to achieve 100% fulfillment. So why not be grateful for the 80% fulfillment? It's all about making that count. All right, enough about the Pareto Principle. Let's get to my BF to AF story in this episode. So this BF to AF story is a personal one, and I'll keep it brief. I'm an only child. My parents were very fulfilled when they had the chance to spend their final years living near me and my family. They were able to spend time with my kids, their only grandchildren. They loved every minute of it. They attended piano recitals, soccer games, graduations, birthday parties. I mean, they treasured every moment that they were with my family, my wife, my kids, their grandchildren. Now, they also had many struggles in their life. So to say that they had about 80% fulfillment in their midlife season spent with my family, even though it was a shorter period of time, that's an understatement. Now, they both passed away in their early 90s. And I'll share with you that their decline was rapid. They went from fulfilled midlife seasons to end of life very quickly. My BF before fulfillment was I felt like I had deprived my parents of living fulfilled lives near me and my family because I was living in California for quite a while and they were living in Florida and they were alone. They were not near me or my family. But when my family and I moved to Florida, relocated from California to Florida, it gave my parents the opportunity that they dreamed of to be near me, my wife, and their grandchildren. So my AF, my after fulfillment, was seeing them in their joy being with their grandchildren and just enjoying all those moments. Anyway, as I close out this episode, I want to encourage you to think about how this Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule, how it might apply in your life. As I always say, your life is unique. All I want you to do is to think about the 80-20 rule in your life. Are you putting unnecessary pressure on yourself or a loved one to achieve fulfillment in some area of their life? In the next episode, I'm going to feature my first interview with someone who's willing to come on the show and share their own personal BF to AF experience. Now remember, you can get in touch with me to pitch your BF to AF story, and I encourage you to do that. You can reach me through social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. You can also leave me a voice message. Open up your podcast player. By the way, if you're listening on the Buzzsprout link, that's cool. But remember, you can click into a, a podcast player like Apple, Spotify, Overcast. There's a whole host of them out there. So if you're in a podcast player, open it up, look in the show notes in that player and look for the link where you can leave me a voice message pitching your BF to AF story. Hey, before we sign off here for this episode, I want to ask you that if you're enjoying the Midlife Fulfilled podcast, please share it with one person today. 
Will you do that for me and for them? And remember, this episode is my last solo episode, at least for a while. Starting with the next episode, episode four, I will feature a midlifer who's sharing her BFTF story. In fact, I'll give you a little bit of a preview now. You're gonna meet Karen. Karen reveals a very personal experience that transformed her life. I guarantee you it's unlike any story you've ever heard. I guarantee it. Be sure to tune in to episode four to hear Karen's BF to AF story. Hey midlifers, let's create a worldwide movement toward having a more fulfilled midlife. I'll see you on the next episode. But first, listen to this closing message. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Midlife Fulfilled Podcast. I hope you got some insights, ideas, or inspiration from this episode. Be sure to press the subscribe button on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss future episodes. If you have midlife friends, and I bet you do, please share this podcast with them. And if you rate or review this podcast in Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify, you'll help others discover it. If you need counseling or any other professional assistance in your midlife journey, I urge you to get it. This is Bernie Borges, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Midlife Fulfilled Podcast. And remember, midlife can be the most fulfilling season of your life. This podcast is a Laser Marketing Inc. production.